0: Thanks for tuning in to The Right Stuff, a show about readers and writers for readers and writers. I am Rachel A.G. Gilman, a writer, a wanderer, and also your humble host. And this week, I'm joined by Adi Eshman. Adi is a playwright, screenwriter, and teacher based in Brooklyn. His first play, Osterpol, was awarded the Jewish Studies Grant at NYU Gallatin and was selected for a workshop reading at the Rattlestick Playwrights Theater. His short play, Mistress K, was selected and produced as part of the Bechdel Fest, a feminist theater festival produced by Ampersand Artists. His latest play, Painters, received a workshop reading at Theater for the New City. He has assisted at Rattlestick Playwrights Theater, Warner Brothers, Winkler Films, Braven Films, and Killer Films. Currently, he also assists screenwriter Ed Solomon, known for Men in Black, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Now You See Me, and they're working on an upcoming HBO drama. He is a recent graduate of NYU Gallatin, where he focused on the role of narrative in American history, society, and literature. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So how did you get interested in writing?
1: I was always interested in storytelling. It was always sort of a passion of mine. Um, when I was very young, I would watch uh, a lot of musicals on TV, and my parents would, in the old days when you had these VHS tapes, they would edit out a lot of the violent parts of like West Side Story or Lion King, or Bambi. So you know, I'd be watching Bambi, and then his mom would like mysteriously disappear in the second part of the movie, and you know, I was always entranced by theater and and by and by these characters and by the plots, and I, I think. Maybe perhaps these edits gave me an appreciation for uh, interrupted storytelling or pause storytelling, and I, I I don't know how that exactly led to it, but for some reason I just sort of took up uh, storytelling uh, later, and I I started writing pretty young. I remember in fifth grade I was published in a book of poetry. I wrote a, a long poem uh, about U.S. presidents. And seeing my name in print was just so gratifying. And I decided, like, if this is the high point, I just got to keep going. And uh, after that, I wrote a few sketches in middle school. They all got terrible grades. I think the first sketch I wrote got a C plus in Hebrew class. And afterwards in, in high school, I just kept doing it. I think, I think that's, uh, you know, it's sort of a, a mark of passion is, is if you can be really terrible at something but just keep doing it, that's, that's sort of a sign of love.
0: What makes playwriting different from other types of writing for you?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I, so I have a background in film and TV. That was, uh, that was sort of the first thing I, I focused on as a writer were, scri- were scripts um, and later uh, short stories. And for me, what I really appreciated about playwriting was the fact that you could have these long conversations and get to know characters through that way. And uh, I'm not as, exactly as visual of a writer, as, may, as perhaps a screenwriter is. And I think that's what I really appreciated about playwriting was that you could uh, just sort of watch these characters grow on stage just by the actions that they take and just by the words that they say. And I find it to be kind of a, a, a spiritual process to, to see these two people or three people or, you know, 20 people come to life on stage right in front of you through that medium. I I, I think that's with with screenwriting, you know, it's not... It's not. There, there's so many other kinds of art that are based around movie making. You know, there's sound, there's visuals, there's and with playwriting, uh, you know, when you watch a, a theatrical production, the playwright really has so much control over the the direction of the story. And I, I'm not I'm not power hungry, but I really appreciate the the primacy of writing in that context.
0: Yeah, I'm taking screenwriting this semester for the first time, and we are learning about the rules and regulations. And like, you know, if you don't direct your film, they can change it, but that's not true when you write a play. They can't change the script on you. Yeah.
1: In TV, it's a little bit different. In in TV, the writers have uh, quite a bit more power uh, than the director, but uh, not more than the producers. So it's always weighted against the writer, I guess, (laughs) in those mediums.
0: What's your process like as a writer? Is it different for you, whether you're writing a play or a screenplay or a poem or anything else?
1: With playwriting, I'm a bit more careful, I would say. With screen, with screenwriting, I I tend to uh, write, you know, I, I do it and I do it, and if it's just not working, it's just not working, I throw it out. <laughs> uh, with playwriting, I'm a bit more careful. From these exercises I picked up in college, I, I usually start off with either uh, a notepad and paper or just a blank Word document, and I'll write, like, reams of dialogue, um, you know, eight, ten pages of just dialogue, and you know, from all these pages, you know, collecting over time, I'll look at those pages and see what looks really good. I'll, you know, I'll take dialogue out. I'll see, oh, this is this could be a story moment. So I'll 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 look at that. And and from you know from from those scenes and from all that dialogue, you I just try to shape a play from that. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But again, it's part of the adventure.
0: What bodies of work or writers have inspired your work?
1: I would say that there's kind of two different categories there because there's writers that I would say made me a writer, and there's writers today that I ideal, you know, I idolize, respect, revere their works. Um, in the first category, I would probably put like um, Sam Shepard, Martin McDonough, Fornes, Shakespeare, definitely a big influence. And then in the second category, you know, the, a lot more um, modern playwrights, uh, people like uh, you know Lucas Nath. Uh, who I studied under in Tish, um, Martin Casella, who who's a huge mentor for me, uh, Annie Baker, um, and also uh, Lorca, who and and Mark Bartlett. I, I think that their writing is, you know, the in I studied a little bit of art history in college, and unfortunately, the criteria for a really famous artist is whether they influence others, and I think that's sort of how we now you know look at artists is is are they influential? Are they influential to other artists? And and is that what makes them important? And I think for writing, it's a little bit different because it's it's just that one medium. But it is interesting to see, you know, by looking at these modern writers, seeing ha- how they're able to influence all these younger writers, um, and, and maybe judging them a bit unfairly for that, or those younger writers for that, but I still really enjoy them.
0: What advice would you give to <laughs> aspiring playwrights and screenwriters?
1: Well, I am still ins- aspiring, so... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think the the three biggest things I've picked up over the past you know couple of years or at least nine months since I've been out of school have been for one to to really embrace rejection. I, I think as a young writer you're you're just pounded by rejection all the time and it can be pretty daunting, especially starting out you know knowing that you're gonna face walls again and again and again. And it, the the simple fact is I don't believe it gets easier. Um, but to but i kind of tricked my brain into treating rejection like actually sort of a success even though if that sounds somewhat masochistic <laughs> uh you know you i i try to treat rejection like you know it's good that my work is being read and that it's out there like the simple fact that someone had to you know pick it up and read it and then call me and say no that in itself is a success so i'll, I'll take what i can get uh, my my director recently told me about an actor or an actress who had trained not to act, but actually trained for the audition. So she felt like even if she was being rejected for these acting roles, the audition was the most important part. And I, felt, I feel like that's actually a very um, interesting and somewhat helpful psychology with which to look at the process. The other thing would be to really accept mentors' feedback uh, because people, you know, older writers are older. They, they, they know what they're doing. Uh, and, you know, that doesn't mean to be totally shaped by them. And to just ignore your inner uh, intuition. But I, I believe that there's a lot of great advice out there, and being open to that is, you know, it's, it's an attitude adjustment, but it, it's a really helpful one, I think.
0: I like dance, sparrows.
1: Sing me, baby, home. Sing me, baby, home.
0: Run, baby, run, baby, run, baby, run. Run from the one who you know that you love. Baby run, baby my baby. We can't act out your play. We're not actors here. <laughs> At least I'm not. Um, <laughs> Nor why am I. Why don't you talk to us about it instead?
1: Sure. Last Monday I had a, a reading for uh, my new play called Painters. It was my my first public reading. Um, as you mentioned in, in my bio, uh, I had a, a more private reading that was selected by Rattlestick Clarice Theater, which is about 10 minutes away from here. And so this reading was more open to the public. We had about 40 or 50 people in the audience. And the play is about uh, these two women. It's Kelly and Jenna. And they live in this apartment in East Village. And uh, they both graduate from NYU. And Jenna goes off to Harvard for this summer studies program. And Kelly, meanwhile, throws this massive rager in their apartment for graduation. And all these people come over and they uh, draw on the walls, on the white walls, with this different colored chalk. And then the next day, which is when the play is set, she has her two friends uh, come over to help paint over the walls before new tenants move in. And in the course of painting over the walls, they discover a marriage proposal written in chalk for Jenna from another boy. So the play is really about these three characters deciding whether or not not they're going to paint over this marriage proposal intended for a fourth person that we never meet in the play. And, you know... From a more macro perspective, it's about female friendship. It's about betrayal and frustration, and love and loss. And you know, it's about these three characters who all sort of mean well, but they're really trying to fix each other and fix themselves, um, perhaps subconsciously. It was really important to me. I, I didn't mention this in my bio, but I was for about one and a half years. I was a theater critic for NYU Local, and you know, it's a really good way to see a lot of theater in the city for no money at all. It's great. Um And I noticed that there was a real paucity of works in New York theater today about people our age about millennials, you know at the in the best possible scenario that millennials are usually being treated as you know these apathetic narcissist technophiles. and it really it's a little bit upsetting. So what I what I really was trying to do with this with this play was show how millennials could be you know narcissists smarmy technophiles, but also have human objectives and real emotional feelings. And, you know, I, I think we were pretty successful based on the audience reaction. Uh, the reading was produced by Alex Persson and directed by my director, um, Alex Randrup, who actually directed, I, I met her through the, uh, the feminist theater festival you mentioned earlier, Bechtel Fest, and the project was Mistress K. And we're, you know, the, the reading was great, and we're, we're still trying to figure out what the next steps are whether it's to send out the project to different theaters or to host it another reading or another eight readings we're game, you know.
0: Thanks so much for joining me today. If you have any questions or if you'd like to be featured as a guest on the show, shoot me an email at rachelg at wnyu.org. Until next time, I'm Rachel A.G. Gilman, and this has been The Right Stuff on wnyu.org. Your chest And if you're happy with yourself Then all the rest can go to hell Hey brother, that's the story you should tell And if you're happy
1: with yourself Then all the rest can go to hell Hey brother, that's the story you should tell